it really is like a fine art of vulnerability because you want to be vulnerable enough where you allow people to resonate with you, but you don't want to be so vulnerable that they think you're weak or they think you're just completely out of line. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Pros. And this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. My awesome guest with me here today is the CEO and co-founder of MedSnake Media. She is a stage four cancer survivor and is one of the top content creators on LinkedIn that has been able to generate hundreds of millions of views through her inspirational and insightful content and has a social following of over 260,000 people. She is an international goodwill ambassador for public health and she also serves as a global goodwill ambassador. Please welcome Shanae Moret. Shanae, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate the invite. This is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good a, a good ending to a busy day, right? We talked about this yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be on here like early earlier today, but I was stuck uh, out of the office. But now I'm here, so that's all that matters. No, it's good. No, I appreciate you. Um, uh, I know you're you're a very busy woman, and uh, you know I know you're doing probably a thousand things. So I'm I'm very grateful for you to say you know spend thirty or forty minutes with me. So. Um, you know, and I, I, I want to start off, uh, Shanae, of talking about, uh, you know, your story. I know from, you know, I've been following you for a while now, I mean, well over a year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, I love your content. It's very positive. It's very inspirational. And as I mentioned before, it's insightful. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it, you know, a lot of people are learning from it, uh, how authentic your content is. And I think mm-hmm. authenticity is, it's not, as, it's not that easy. Um, sometimes it's hard for ourselves to, for us to be ourselves on camera, uh, yeah. even for me, I'm guilty of it. I'm just like, what the heck do I say? Or what do I, I don't even know how to, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But um, I think that's a gift that you have and um, people are learning from it. So, uh, you know, I, I want you to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. You know, we mentioned that you're also a cancer survivor and mm-hmm. you do, uh, you know, you are a successful entrepreneur, you own a, a company, but Talk, give me a little background of, of yourself and, and kind of why you're here. <laughs> okay, so, um, well, the cancer survivor part, I grew up in and out of hospitals for about 10 years, um, hospitals in Miami, uh, mainly Jackson Memorial Hospital. And I was diagnosed at an early age with bilateral wounds tumors. So I basically had cancer, like a lot of cancer in both of my kidneys. Um, an extremely rare type of cancer. And um, they told my mom multiple times that I was not going to make it. I was not going to, you know, that her child was going to die. And I had to go through chemo and surgery. But that really, as a child, it made me, it made, it impacted me to really appreciate healthcare and really appreciate the doctors, the medicines, the nurses that would help me feel better as I was healing. And I understood it from a patient perspective. I understood healthcare very early. So today it makes sense that like what we do, the creative that we do, the growth strategies that we do for healthcare, digital healthcare startups or just healthcare companies in general, it's kind of a way 
for me to use my skill set to give back to the industry that helped save my life. So that was, um, that's part of like the cancer journey, but that really, and that's where mm -hmm. copywriting, you want to talk about storytelling, I know in a little bit, but that's really where I couldn't go out and play like a normal kid because of the germs and stuff. Even my little sister would have to, you know, wear a mask around me and stuff for a long time. So my first love was really like reading and writing. I would love to read. I would devour like books, like one book a day almost. And wow. um, yeah, and I would love to write, you know, so because I couldn't really use my body. I had to lay down and heal and whatever, stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I entertained myself that way. And that's really where, you know, I guess my respect for healthcare and my love for writing kind of were born through, uh, you know, me having to uh, go through that healing process. Wow. So it seems like all the, the difficult times you went through, especially, you know, um, through, you know, going through cancer and all of that, it, it kind of gave you this, um, it, it's almost like it gave you, gave you this drive to give back, uh, back to healthcare because that, that's, you know, you're, you're a health, you're a health survivor, you know, you survived, yeah. you know, a, a, um, you know, a deadly disease and it, you feel that it's, um, it's almost like a, something, a blessing that you feel that you need to pour onto others. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I didn't really know how I was going to do that. Like, you know, getting out of college, um, going into college, even, I didn't know if I was going to do that by becoming a doctor. And my parents really admittedly wanted me to become a doctor, but there's, there was just something within me that I didn't feel like that was my calling per se. I knew it would have to do something with healthcare, but really wasn't sure what that would be until I had my daughter. Um, and that was three years ago. She'll be four in December. When I had my daughter, um, everything started to kind of fall together in terms of like, okay, um, healthcare, I could use my copywriting skills in the healthcare space. and um, and then that's kind of where like how I am where I am today started like the foundations of it but yeah it just makes perfect sense I really thought about it one day and I was like wow like I'm so passionate about this I could push so hard I could perform high every day because I am passionate about it um but the reason I'm passionate about it is because like I want to help these companies grow so that they can impact patients lives and help people live higher quality lives that's good. You have, it seems like you have really good intentions. I know you deal with a lot of startups and even, even larger companies. And I, you know, I do as well. And we, I, I, I'm not hearing this as much as I used to, but I have definitely heard it that you get the startup and they have, you know, they're, they're very smart. They have all these great ideas and they're just like, you know, we, we want to exit in a year or two, or we want to, you okay. know, it's just like, oh, oh man, here we go. You know, it's, uh, the the intention is to you know to make money fast and uh, i'm sure a lot of the the leaders that you follow they, they talk about patience patience and perseverance i call it the two p's is patience and perseverance yeah. um i think are are uh, some of the um the, the keys to success uh i know success is all different we all identify success differently we all have our subjective views on success mm -hmm. um for me it's not really monetary i'm sure for you it's not either obviously mm -hmm. we have to provide for our families and for others right. but um at the end of the day when we when we die we're not taking any of these things with us right we have mm -hmm. to leave something behind right 
You know, um, somebody that I was on LinkedIn Live with earlier, his name is Justin. He he comes from an incredible family, but that's another story. But he mentioned something and he said that the person that has impacted him the most asked him what his dash was. And he's like, what's a dash? And the guy's like, you don't know what a dash is? And he's like, no, what is that? And he's like, you know, like on your tombstone, it says like your birth date. And then it says like dash and then it says like the day or the year you die and it's like what are you going to live for like what what is your dash going to be made of what is the legacy that you're going to leave behind and when he said that i was like oh my gosh that's so powerful so um i'm going to pass that on like what what is what is the listener's dash and it should be more than money it's incredible to have nice things and and to have nice things and to really take care of your health and your family's health and have have them you know uh have a good education and stuff there's a certain necessity for financial freedom and all that finances but your dad should be more than just money and uh Mm -hmm. i I don't know i'd like to pass that on when i heard that was like pretty interesting yeah (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's, it really is true because I think when we focus on something like money, um, and I'm not saying people, people that have done this, it hasn't worked. I'm not saying that there's, I know a lot of people that have focused so much on money and and they're really wealthy. They're, they're so financially driven and, you know, and it doesn't make them bad people, nothing like that. It's just, at least for me, I can talk for myself. I don't want to rely on, on money or on just on being fine, you know, wealth, wealthy financially. I want, I want wealth in here and in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and for me, that's better because I know if my intentions are in the right place, I thought I always talk about motives on, on this podcast. And, um, I think if we have our motives in the right place, then we're unstoppable. You know, if, right. if we have the best right. intentions, no one can stop you because you're so passionate. You're doing things for the right reasons. Right. Um, you can overcome I mean, I think almost right. any struggle, any obstacle. Right. So and you'll, you'll attract a lot of people to help you on your journey. So I feel like when you have that, those pure intentions and that authenticity, people recognize that and they're more willing to, you know, give, give their mentorship or kind of give you their guidance, especially if they're far more successful than you. That's kind of how I've come across my mentors is that they recognize a certain you know, level of like, okay, she's passionate, she, her intentions are pure, and like, you know, this is like a driven person, and usually successful people want to help driven people to succeed, so that, you know, they can work together with them in the future, so on and so forth, mm. and, um, yeah, that's really yeah, cool. it's, it's true, you know, and, and talking about authenticity, um, and also in regards to your story, what, what was the journey like when you first got onto LinkedIn? I know now you have a huge following. You're probably, yeah. I, I don't know how you keep track of, like we talked about before, all the messages. I'm just like, mm-hmm. how, how do you do that? You probably get thousands of them. But yeah. uh, essentially, uh, you know, w- what has it been like on LinkedIn as part of your story? Did you, yeah. were you always very aggressive with your content or did you scale up slowly or you were always doing videos um, or how was, what was yeah, that like? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I joined, I started like looking on LinkedIn around July, 2018. And, um, it allowed me to get enough like freelance copywriting contracts that I was able to replace my income at my corporate employer, like through just my freelance gigs on LinkedIn. And so I knew there was business on the platform, but I didn't 
I didn't post my first video or my first piece of content until late November of 2018. Wow. And when I did, it did really well, but I kind of thought it was a fluke because you can't, you see how supportive people are on LinkedIn. So I was just like, oh, they're just being supportive because that's my first video, you know, whatever. And then the next day I posted my second video and it did even better. And I was like, that's just my second video. Like, you know what I mean? It's just whatever. By the time it got to like my fifth video, like it just, all the videos kept doing better and better. So I was like, well, what's going on here? Because I'm the type of person that I like to get feedback from people, whether it's our clients, whether it's my colleagues, whether it's my mentors, whatever. So I want to understand like, I wanted to understand why I was getting these views because uh, the sound quality was terrible. I didn't, you know, some of them I looked like a mess. Um, and, you know, so I just started asking people like, why did you think this video was good and in person and then in messenger? And they're like, yeah, like the sound isn't the best or whatever, but it's what you're saying. And that mm-hmm. was like basically what everyone was getting to is the message that I was trying to get across was like, really cool and also a lot of people at that time video was relatively new to linkedin and especially the women on the platform were getting like all their makeup and dolled up and kind of like treating it like it was like a studio and i just kind of grabbed my phone and was like yeah i'm just wherever i was i just did a video and um so they're like oh you're real and so i kind of understood the power of video after like a week of it, I started getting like this like wave of like higher quality, higher um, contracts and stuff. And I was like, whoa, this can generate business. Mm. And again, I'm the type of person like I, whatever's gonna give me 80% of the results, like I'm gonna go in on like, you know what I mean? I, I saw the results very early on. Um, so I just kept doing it. I stayed consistent and there were like, a lot of big people on the platform at the time and I've just been able to surpass them in terms of growth and my growth rate and stuff not because um I do anything extraordinary but just because I'm consistent like a lot of people fall off for a week or two or a month and yeah. then they try to get back on the horse or whatever and I've just stayed consistent since that time um so that's really how it started and if you go back to like my first videos, which I should like reshare like a uh, <laughs> combination of them, but like you will see like the sound, I didn't even have an iPhone, like the quality was so bad, but yet people really liked the message. So um, yeah, it's interesting. It really is about the message. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you this, it's a little <laughs> embarrassing, but uh, well, not embarrassing. It's just, you're wondering, you know, why did I spend so much time and money on that? We've, you know, for, uh, for us, we, I used to have a, we used to have a video team, you know, years ago mm-hmm. and, um, and, and it was great experience, but we, it was good for clients. We did a lot of videos for clients, which was great. Mm-hmm. But when we did it for ourselves and we spent, you know, thousands of dollars and time and hours, mm-hmm. resources, all of that. And you put it on YouTube or LinkedIn and you see like, it's like 80 views. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it? It's so professional and it's Uh not yet. It lacks in authenticity. And I'm guilty of that. I think we're all guilty of that. Um, And then the ones where I didn't expect, I was just myself and I'm like, you know what? I I can give two hoots about what people think. I don't care. I'm just Mm going to, I have a good message. I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it on, on uh, social media 
and that got better engagement. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, a, you know, it's just also the psychology. We've just been so inundated with like ads and, and all of that. And there is actually a company that came to us, um, a healthcare company that came to us during the whole COVID thing. And they're like, a marketing, I guess their marketing consultant had told them you have to do professional videos for your brand, whatever. They're coming to us for like advice on how to grow on LinkedIn because we help people do that. And I said, it's only going to work. The people that follow my guidance grow at even a faster rate than I have grown. We have, and oh. it doesn't matter, males, females, because in the excuse, it was like, oh, you're just growing because you're like a girl on the platform. I've heard that a million times. Well, our, our largest client is a guy. So like, I mean, that's, that's you know what I mean? Thing to like, say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I told them, you have to take like these authentic videos. We'll send you the scripts, like blah, blah, blah. And they didn't want to do it. They think they thought it was unprofessional for their brand. And I'm like, well, we can't work with you then because what you guys are doing, it's like what, the, what you're saying. They hired all these camera crews, all this stuff. They're posting it on uh, YouTube and LinkedIn and they're getting like 60 views, 50 views. And it's like, you have to, you have to understand what people want. A lot of people make content for themselves and it's kind of like, Oh, I look good or whatever. You have to understand that's not what people are going to be able to resonate with or connect to. So. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a trend with, um, you know, a lot of the people I've interviewed on the show that do have an amazing reach on LinkedIn and even mm -hmm. in the other platforms and, uh, uh, something common, a commonality that I see is, uh, they say that it's about others. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I when don't you make change that itself. It's, it's some, it's some like reverse effects that when you keep doing something for other people, you're going to get it back. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. you keep doing it. And even if you don't, that's okay. You know, you don't have to get it back. Um, if for you to even provide inspirational content on LinkedIn, you probably help someone from oh, maybe even yeah. doing damage to themselves. I mean, in reality, exactly. right now we're living yeah. in a world that is really we're giving up, giving yeah. up. I mean, I've had people message me like, Hey, your, your message is like the only reason I got out of bed today. Or, you know, I've never told, I've never heard like, Hey, I didn't commit suicide because of this message, but like, you never know how you're going to impact somebody or how right. your message is just going to give somebody that extra glimpse of hope that they need to like, send out one more job application or meet, go to one more networking event where they meet somebody that, you know, then their life will change. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and I really, um, that's where feedback comes in. A lot of people, the mistake they make is that they continue to publish content. They're not wondering why their engagement is not going up. And that's something where I really recommend that people do. If your engagement is plateauing or it's just not compounding and not going up, you know, you have to ask people like, why, what could I have done? You have to really put your ego aside. Like, how could I have made this message better for you? How it just, it just means getting zero engagement means that people are not connecting with your message. So you have to like really have that humility and be like, okay, well, why are they not connecting with my message? How could I present this in a way where they can connect with my message? How is it going to help them? Like if you don't put it around the consumer, which is basically the person on the feed, you have to give them a reason to stop and give you their time. You know, you have to give them a reason to pause in their busy life to give you their attention. And the way you do that is um, you give them a reason to, you have to. If not, they're just gonna scroll down and then come to somebody else's post and give them 
uh, the attention that you should have had. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I love when you talk about consistency. It's, yeah, it, it really is. It's so true because, and I'll tell you this, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a case study. I have you know, nowhere near the amount of reach or followers that you have, but I told you even before, you know, before mm -hmm. we started uh, the interview, I, I've been consistent the last, uh, I would say the last even two months. I'm very new to it still. Before I was on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, but it wasn't as much now. I'm probably spending, right, right. I would say three to four hours a week on LinkedIn. I would say maybe mm -hmm. even more. I'm, I'm really focusing more on it. Um, and I'm, I'm putting in extra time and, and I'll tell you that my reach has gone up and one, one post I even got over a thousand likes. That's amazing. You know, and I'm like, wow, this, it really is true. And some, and some posts that get seven likes or 10 likes, yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah. every post. And, yeah. and I, I don't let that get me down and I'm not even doing videos yet. This is just from text. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not, I'm not do doing videos. any videos at all. I haven't done that yet. I still have that fear. It's not that I just, sometimes I overthink it. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. what the heck am I going to talk about today? I do so much in my life. I have this tech company. I have this podcast. What should I talk about in my posts? I just, I do, I have a, you know, a content plan. I'll do something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, inspiration or storytelling or branding or, you know, so I think a big part of it is don't overthink it. Just post. Yeah. It's, you don't overthink yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and it's just also like what I, all my content, like the, the way that I don't get burned out per se, because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how do you think about your content? And it's just like paying attention to like real life experience. So like mm. if I do a post about a friend, like, I mean, people are calling me all day or messaging me on LinkedIn that they lost their job, that their employer treated them like X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm paying attention to what's going on in my close circle, my family. And it's like, you pay attention to your life. You're going to like be able to like, see these stories and be able to translate them in a way where it could help other people like mm -hmm. so that's what i do um so i don't have to like basically make something out of nothing i'm just paying attention and like it's funny because if i if i hear something or if i'm in a conversation with something with somebody and they share something with me in my mind i'm like okay that's a post and then i'll put it in my apple notes and then i'll i'll put it as like kind of like you're saying in a story form um, at a later time, but I like jot it down and stuff. I'm like always paying attention to like what I do that too. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> you know, the sun's like shining in my face. Yeah, it is. It is on me. Yeah, it's. I guess it's yeah, <laughs> setting. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, I definitely do that. I'll have these ideas and I write it down. I'm like, oh, that's such a good post. I'm gonna post that tomorrow. Yeah. And I like what you do, Shanae, with uh, your content. Is you don't? I, I know you have. Uh, we'll talk about Met Snake Media, and I want you mm -hmm. to, to talk a little bit about that. But um, with your healthcare marketing company, you don't really talk about it a lot. Yeah, I know. You know, that's interesting. So you see people that have this content, I've seen it, they're always talking about their company. And you're like, cool, okay. Like some of it's okay, but you're like, all right, all right, all right. For you, I wouldn't even know. I went to your, pro after I saw your content, you know, so many times and I found it engaging, I would see what you did, boom, there's a connection. You know what I mean? And that's how I found you. Now we're, yeah. you know, we're connecting. And, and that's Pretty how, cool. I mean, I'll give, I could give you like so many examples, but that's how all of our clients, like 99% of them are inbound through LinkedIn. And that's what happens. They just resonate with the story or right. with the video that I do. They don't necessarily know what I do, but they see me over the weeks or the months. And then they just, they go on my profile. It's optimized for people in the healthcare, health and healthcare industry. And then if they feel like they need help with growth or whatever, that's when they reach out and I explain our services and stuff more on the back end. But 
you know, one woman, uh, we recently started her contract less than two weeks ago. She connected with me on a post where I was explaining that I don't feel like people need bachelor's degrees to like be receptionists or admins or salespeople. Mm -hmm. I think that that's absolutely overrated and ridiculous. And she owns um, a grow company. She owns uh, several nursing homes and home cares. And she was just like, that's how I've, that's my leadership style. That's how I've led in healthcare in the last 15, 20 years. That's why I have people uh, that have been by my side for the past 15 years. And I loved your post. And it was just synchronous, synchronous and uh, serendipitous rather that she also right. was looking for marketing. Um, and so that is that post led to an inbound lead, which led to conversation, which now we're working with her and obviously have the opportunity if we deliver well, which we will with this company. She has like five other companies waiting for us to serve her too. So that, mm -hmm. I mean, that post wasn't about marketing. So that's kind of how um, I approach LinkedIn. I help as many people as possible through like big funnel kind of um, topics and stories. And then whoever I can help, they see my profiles optimized and then they reach out. That's cool. Yeah, and I, and I know um, MedSnake Media, the, the company, you and I believe two two other two other partners. Is that right? Yeah, uh, just Courtney, Courtney, and then we have okay. like other other people. You know what I mean? Um, we have Andrea uh, and and Joy, and we have a whole team marketing and billing side. Um, mm. But yeah, but Courtney is my my co-founder. Cool. Yeah. And, and uh, when you both founded this company, I know your target market is healthcare, which is good. You have this mm -hmm. niche market. You're not trying to do everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what is all the, what are all the, what is all that you do there? You know, okay. is it, is it just content uh, or it's, I know there's billing, you mentioned billing and you mm -hmm. probably do content as well and digital marketing or more yeah, content so, side. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, the reason that, Courtney and I co-founded this company to begin with was we connected on LinkedIn and um, she was doing medical billing credentialing. And if you understand healthcare, once a facility opens and can accept insurance, whether it's a nursing home that has residents or a private practice or a hospital that has patients, they, they need marketing. Cause so then they would be like, do you know marketing? Cause now we have to get people in the door. And she was like, no, I don't. But once she met me, she started referring all her people to me. And I was like, wait a second, there's definitely like a need um, between credentialing and marketing. And we looked, it didn't really exist. So we created a one-stop shop where, you know, um, a nursing home from full development or private practice could get their credentialing. Cause this is like a six month process to get that insurance. Right. And then once they open their doors, you know, have that campaign start before they open to start their marketing or whatever. So. If it's a new, if it's a new company, we really do everything from like, you know, um, the branding, the website, like all of that. A lot of our clients, so let's say they're already an established company or they're an older kind of business owner or entrepreneur that's starting a new venture. Um, and what we do is we audit what the, what their current marketing efforts are. Cause that's like in healthcare, they rarely audit the efficacy of their marketing. So we audit what works and what doesn't. And then we kind of help create a custom strategy based on whether we're working with an in-house team or whether they're just outsourcing completely to us. It really mm -hmm. just depends. Some, some companies were like more like consulting if it's like a big healthcare network and then we're kind of 
um, collaborating with their in-house team or like leading their in-house team on what to do, you know? Other companies um, are just like, yeah, I don't even want to think about this, do it all. You know what I mean? Um, so we yeah, really do tell the needs of the company. That's good. Yeah, that, that's good. But it could be like you're saying, uh, video production, um, just uh, content strategy could be us manning the whole campaign. Like they don't even want to think about it. It could be that they want to learn or that they want the in-house marketing uh, department um, lead to learn and we're kind of teaching them. Um, it really just, there's so many different levels of like what we offer that it's, um, it's really just on a case by case. We can't fit any, all of them into one package. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're giving custom packages based on yeah. their needs and wants and expectations. And, um, I'm sure with, with you and Courtney's experience, you're probably in, in essence, you're guiding them as well. I mean, you have to, a Absolutely. lot of them are looking for guidance because, you know, yeah. I mean, we deal with, everyone's, we're all going to deal with clients that they have certain needs. They're going to say, Hey, Shanae, I'm, I'm looking for storytelling video marketing mm -hmm. services. That's what I want. Yeah. And with, that's with amazing when they know what they want, but a lot of it them, is. it's sad because, and it's not even like the fault of the marketing companies either, but healthcare is such like a niche space that a lot of them, you know, go to, or they're kind of, they're kind of convinced to get like a very expensive digital marketing agency. And a lot of the digital marketing companies work with tech and stuff that, with people that basically understand clicks and all of the marketing lingo. You're dealing with healthcare. A lot of the people are older. They don't understand that. They need more hand walking. So then it's like they're paying all this money and they don't even understand what they're getting for it or the healthcare or the marketing agency doesn't really understand healthcare. So they have to spend half of their time during the campaign educating them on like what, what they even really do in the healthcare space. And it's just like, it's a waste of money. So actually a lot of our clients come to us with the story like, hey, I just wasted a hundred grand with X, Y, and Z because either they didn't understand healthcare or we were just conned um, because they're so busy again, they don't have time to even manage their marketing vendor usually or even check in on them. So they're just writing monthly invoices and not really understanding the value that they're getting in return until somebody goes, wait, we've paid this company 50 grand and what have they given us? You know what I mean? So they come to us kind of like disenchanted and like the hopes, like, do you guys really understand healthcare? And that's where once we prove that we do, they're like, it's kind of like a sigh of relief. And um, yeah, and we go from that's there. That's cool. Yeah, I could see you guys probably uh, having to get uh, you know, because with, with healthcare, you know, we talk about there's HIPAA compliant and there's all these laws and regulations and, um, you know, especially let's just say you're going to be doing um, a, a digital campaign for a nursing home. So if you do that um, and you want to, let's just say you want your videographer to go on film patients, you're going to need to have slips signed and all these, all the, you know, documentation and the policies, policies approved and all of that. So you and Courtney are, are aware of that, but some other companies, they'll probably just move forward. They're like, um, you know, or they put it, you can't just film my is, patients. Yeah, exactly. And what, or what happens is they kind of just wait for the slips to be done by the in-house staff. So now it's going to take 12 weeks instead of two weeks. And because we understand the space, I would be like, who's your chief nursing officer? Like, how can I make her job easier? You know, the, this is the patients. I would go there with her and have her just like sign it right in front of me or whatever. 
like we really make them do as minimal work possible like even even let's say like the the videos we go to we go to them as much as possible um because again you're dealing with people in healthcare they don't have time so you're like yeah we'll start the campaign when you send us the videos you're going to be waiting for like months oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's I definitely mean, a different. Spend, they'll do it, but like you're gonna be waiting a long time for them. You know what I mean? And, you got to go over there. You got to be proactive and, and exactly. Well, re so we reactive and proactive. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you know, Shanae, we talked. Uh, you know, we've been talking about storytelling here and there, and I know I've read through your content. You believe in the power of storytelling, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, even one of your articles, I think you wrote. Uh, you talked about a little bit about the science behind storytelling. Mm -hmm. Do you have I don't want to put you on the spot and say, hey, what's your science to storytelling? But what do you consider for you? What, what are your storytelling methods that you've seen that are effective with all of the content that you put out, whether for your business, personal, whatever it is, what has worked and you're like, you're very confident about that, that has an impact? Well, I mean, everyone likes a story where someone overcomes some type of adversity and um, comes out on the other side. That's just... I mean, people love that. And if you have that, you just have to understand how to position it. So I always tell people like the way that you even, people don't even know their story. This is a problem. Like people throw right. around the word brand and story and stuff, but a lot of people don't really have the self-awareness to even um, articulate what they can use and what they can't use in a story. And it really is like a fine art of vulnerability because you want to be vulnerable enough where you allow people to resonate with you, but you don't want to be so vulnerable that they think you're weak or they think you're just completely out of line. So it, it is um, a kind of fine line, but basically a story of overcoming, um, a story where you have to overcome adversity. And, and that's how like, you have to have a story also tied to your brand. So my story is important to our brand because I survived something related to health in healthcare. So it makes sense to tie that. There's the connection. Exactly. So I tell people like, what have you overcome? What adversity have you overcome? How did you overcome that adversity? But how can you tie that to what it is that you do? So, um, you know, there's people that let's say, um, they had to overcome, let's say, uh, living in poverty in their early childhood or whatever and you know they could be um an accountant because that they're so passionate about helping people overcome poverty or, or helping people live higher quality financial lives because they would never want them to uh deal with the you know suffering that they had to go through in poverty just that's like a random example but yeah, whatever it is that you have overcome, you have to really tie it to what you do so people remember it. On LinkedIn, there's a ton of healthcare marketers, but there's none that are using kind of their stories to like build their brand. And so when people kind of see my content and they don't really know what I do, then they go to my profile and they're like, oh, that's the girl that does marketing. You do that for long enough. Whenever somebody needs marketing, they're going to go to my profile and message me. Top so of mind. You're yeah, top of mind. Top of mind, it's drip, and it's just sharing stories, and you don't know what's gonna resonate with people until you post it. So, whatever works, like let's say the post that got a thousand likes, like whatever the outlier is, 
kind of go back, get feedback. Was it like the spacing that you did? Was it the first three lines yeah. that, you know, caught people's attention the most? Was it the last line? Like, I always love to get feedback so that I could multiply and duplicate those results. Um, that's really what it's been for me. So if a post is incredibly well, I'm like, okay, why did people like that post? Um, how can I do 10 more posts off of this style so that I could get my message out to as many people as possible? And that's how you own your story. You know, when I put that post on LinkedIn earlier and I thought that was perfect for you, I was like, yeah, yeah she owns her story. She's, you have, you have a sense of vulnerability in your, in your post. You seem very authentic and real. You're honest. Um, but at the same time, you, you seem very strong and confident. I think that's mm -hmm. good. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes we see on, even on LinkedIn, I would say, but I see it a lot on Facebook where I'll see someone yeah. posting. I'm just like, I'll do my ever like, I know. So it's like, that's where that oh. line of vulnerability comes in. Cause you can, you could, um, twist the story of overcoming divorce into like a very heartfelt story where people can understand, okay, it didn't work out between these two people. You had to pick the, pick the pieces up. You had to reinvent yourself and you had to make yourself stronger from something that didn't work out. Um, you have to take accountability for what your part was and stuff like that, but you can't like bash your ex and stuff like people do on Facebook because then people aren't going to respect that. So yeah. There is a line of vulnerability that people will respect and kind of see as strength. And then that people are like going to be like, okay, I don't want to even be involved in that. That's crazy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And it <laughs> takes, you know, you know what, Shannon, it takes a lot of guts to do that because um, I'm hearing, um, I'm hearing a lot from, um, especially the, the top LinkedIn creators like, such as yourself. Um, I'm hearing there's a lot of haters now. Uh, I'm not getting it because I don't, I don't, I don't have that kind of reach yet. And if I do, I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. Cool. Come on, yeah, hang no, on me. That's good. No it's working. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it shows you're getting a lot of attention. I think that's a good sign. I, I really do. But it's, it's just, it boggles my mind how there's people that have the time to comment on your posts. Like, go out and work. Try to close a deal. Go, oh, yeah. go market yourself. Do something else. Why are you gonna go comment on her post and say, oh? you know, that doesn't seem truthful, Shanae, or this doesn't mm -hmm. seem right, or it's just, uh, it, it really, it boggles it's my mind that people have the time to do that. It, it really does. I know. And, and you know what, some, some people, their strategies like go back and forth with them. If somebody like respectfully disagrees with me, I'm all for that. Like, you know, not everyone has to have the same viewpoints as me or whatever. But like, if somebody's like disrespectful and just being like a hater on my post, like, their comment is going to get deleted and then I'm going to block them. Like I don't even engage, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, that's just my personal method though. Like I know other people on the platform that get a bunch of haters. I actually go back and forth with them and it's kind of like, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? It's um, such a waste of time. We, I mean, <laughs> if you think about all the time we spent in our lives and, or even in the past, um, on drama and, and yeah, things like are just, they're not productive. Like, like, yeah. listen, it is what it is. And it's, I mean, some of these people are kind of like, I mean, people forget how, um, I'm not this type of person, but like, people will screenshot what you post on the, or what you comment, oh, yeah. if it's crazy, and they'll send it to their employer. And it's just like, people are, forget about that. But it's just, um, it's important to just be respectful. You don't have to agree with everybody. But I mean, if you're going to disagree, make sure it's just respectful, if not. You're gonna just get deleted and blocked. Like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, some some uh, some crazy out there, but 
Yeah, I mean, you know, there was uh, there was another article I read uh, about that were actually that that you I believe you wrote. It was on your LinkedIn profile, and it was it talked a little bit about uh, growth marketing and digital. Mm-hmm. You know, difference between growth marketing and just marketing. And how do you use growth marketing, Shanae, instead of traditional digital marketing to help your healthcare marketing business and healthcare customers succeed? Do you yeah. think growth marketing is really what we need to be using um, moving forward for, you know, for ourselves yeah. and for our customers? A hundred percent, because I mean, traditional marketing just looks so like attracting more customers and, and attracting more leads and kind of converting them into customers. And then from there, it's kind of like the customer journey is like on somebody else. You know what I mean? Whether it's a sales team or, or they don't really focus on like retention and and referrals and any of that. What growth marketing really is, is like, we just did this with um, a private practice is that we were putting out ads and they were getting like incredible results in terms of like calls, but the calls were not converting into appointments and we couldn't figure out why. So if we were just a traditional marketing company, I would have just been like, that's on your guys' management. You know what I mean? And that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of them do. Like they just put it on the in-house staff, but we really wanted to get to like the root of the problem. So we, we, we called like that. We did like some secret customer calls and, it just sounded completely off. So we're like, okay, there's a problem with the training. And then when we talked to the in-house staff, there was a complete disconnect. They didn't understand the software. The software was not even for their type of business. Um, Mm. There was just so many issues that we had to rectify. So we had to rectify their software. We created training modules for the in-house staff in terms of like customer service. And once we rectified those issues, then the calls started to convert into customers. We had to create um, a monthly program so that their customers could, you know, uh, be retained through like a monthly membership. And right. then we also created a referral program because that gave more incentive um, for the current customers to then bring in their friends and stuff. But these were just questions. I'll, and we, a, a traditional marketing agency would have never known because we went in there we asked the girls at the front, we're like, what are the main questions that these people are asking when they come in here? And they're like, oh, they ask why we don't have a monthly membership. Oh, they ask why we don't have a referral program. They, I mean, they started listing mm. this. They're like, we don't understand this software. We don't even know how to make an appointment on the phone because the software kept like blocking them and like they couldn't input addresses correctly. But when we looked at it, it was like a, not the software meant for that business at all. So it made complete sense. So had we not really looked beyond, okay, like, yeah, these ads are doing great. We have the proof that they're getting the calls. But had we not really started to question the whole customer journey and be like, okay, why are these calls not converting into customers and why are, you know, into appointments so that they can convert into customers and and be retained and then give referrals, then we would have never discovered those issues. So that's really... I feel the difference between growth marketing and traditional marketing is that it looks at the whole customer or patient journey rather the than the whole business. cycle. Seems like you yeah. guys fixed a lot of their processes. hundred percent. That's cool. If they wow. have issues in the process, we will discover the issues number one, because what happens, especially in the healthcare space, is that you have a lot of entrepreneurs that put in capital to create a startup. Um, 
a lot of them are doing it based on data and like growth in the market, but they may not necessarily come from a healthcare background. And what they do is to be able to operate, they, you know, they find a doctor and the doctors pay the yearly salary. And, but a lot of the times the doctor has his own practice as well. So you're dealing with like a faceless brand where the doctor can't really market his face all over it because he has his own practice and where the entrepreneurs yeah. have the capital, but they don't really have the understanding of the healthcare space. So um, we look at the whole process, we find out where the holes are, and we do whatever it takes to fix them. Wow. And yeah. when you do find an issue, I do have another question that actually I wasn't planning on asking this, but it's okay, I yeah. want to ask this. So when you do find an issue, let's just say you work with a nursing home and you, you're, you're doing marketing mm -hmm. for them, um, and you find that there's an issue with, with their, um, not necessarily billing, I, I would say maybe with their, with their client retention, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. um, and you feel like, okay, they're, we're generating all these leads from that, you know, for them via LinkedIn or even through Instagram or Facebook mm -hmm. ads or LinkedIn ads, whatever it may be. Um, but they're not closing them. There's also a conversion problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you raise that, when you raise that awareness to the decision, uh, to the stakeholders at that nursing home, mm -hmm. do you tell them that this is a charge? You're, you're not going to do that for free, right? You're going to, you're going to tell them, like, well, we can do this for you. You just oh, raise yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's I was like, a, you're not going to just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would, okay. it, I mean, it, that goes from like, Hey, we're doing your digital stuff to now we have to do this management. And it's actually crazy because, yeah. you know, some of them are more open. And then, so we actually had this, um, come up with a big healthcare network where we were like, okay, this goes far beyond a marketing problem. You have to do this, 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 and this. And we gave it to the head of the marketing department. And he was like, okay, like, I, I don't know if this is going to get approved because this is like above me. And it didn't. But it's crazy because their main conglomerate owner that they're like owned by a health network that um, owns like 50 other hospitals in New York State. Mm -hmm. uh the, he he called me like let's say three months later and he's just like listen i know we only went with the marketing piece but i just want to let you know like the main owners were here and they literally told us every single thing that you guys told us like three months ago that we had to fix like down to the t like i mean but it was just like the ceo was not on board like you can't for some people, it's like we're dealing with the owners, with the investors and the entrepreneurs. For other people, we're dealing with like the CMOs. And then it's like a big healthcare network. So there, there are approvals that need to be had. There's a lot and of red tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of red tape. So yeah. um, in, that, in that deal, we only got approved for the marketing, but that's because there was a lot of red tape and stuff. But it was just, it was great to hear that validation that like the main owner of like all hospitals came in and was like validated everything we said he's like and they even asked like what vendor is this because this is exactly what we're talking about and he was That's like cool. crazy. he was like more surprised than us i'm like we told you <laughs> and you know what shanae when you when you guys did that when you raised awareness on certain issues even though you may not get that uh, that upsell deal sometimes you know they might say oh you know uh, we don't want to invest in that right now even for you to raise that and catch those problems mm -hmm. that's going to create a long-term that's that's definitely oh, gonna yeah. 
establish a longer term relationship because you're mm -hmm. telling them, you know, you're doing your due diligence saying, hey, mm -hmm. you know, there's these problems. We can do that to help you. If not, you can do it in house. No worries. Mm -hmm. But we're here to help you guys. So that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, um, like good marketing is great. Great marketing is amazing. But like marketing is not going to fix the bad process. So if you don't, and that's where like the growth marketing perspective comes in. If you don't fix your process and really have your people on board, like there, there are hospitals where like the paid ad advertising department doesn't even talk to the organic advertise organic marketing department. It's like, what wow. are you guys doing? You guys should be on the same page. You know what I mean? Oh, um, but those type of things, like if they don't want to <clears throat> fix them or invest in fixing them, their competitor is going to eat them up alive, whoever does fix them. So it's, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we deal with more, thank thankfully, we deal with a lot of entrepreneurial minded owners where we're dealing with the owners directly, but that was a great question. Sometimes we're dealing with a lot of red tape and, uh, you know, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, very interesting to see how, not even just in healthcare, but some of these other uh, more blue collar, blue collar type industries like construction and contractors mm -hmm. and all that, um, where for at least in a digital perspective, like a website um, or, you know, or even if they want, um, you know, if they want content marketing or SEO, a lot of them when, you know, they would come to us for my company for an app or a website, like, well, we don't, we haven't upgraded our website for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah it's just it, it's mind-boggling and then some of them they don't even know they haven't relied on google for anything and oh, a yeah. lot of their users their audience is on google or yeah, on they, linkedin and no, they've done nothing on linkedin like maybe the company was started 20 especially in development i know about that yeah. um, like that is just like old school connections and then bidding and going into their construction programs and stuff mm -hmm. but what i really the main benefit I feel that at least we've experienced that COVID kind of really put in people's brains is like, whether you want to or not, like people have realized the value of having a presence online, whether you're um, a chef or have Absolutely. a pizza parlor or have a, a construction company or have a plumbing company or have a health, a digital health startup or private practice, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're in, I don't care if you're knitting for a living. Like, if you don't have an online presence, like, how are you gonna reach your target audience from now? You're not gonna be with the times. You're not exactly. gonna be with the times. You're gonna, you're gonna end up being like Sears or Toys R Us. Yeah. A lot of people went out of business because they didn't have an online presence. A lot of the people that were hesitant, way hesitant to get an online presence in the past, got into panic mode, started contacting us and we're like, I'm all in, you know what I mean? Because they, they realize like, if I can't leave my house, how am I going to reach my, my target audience? And, right. and it just, it is what it is. Well, because Shanae, the, the issue is, is a lot of businesses in, in large companies, as we talked about there, they get very settled. They mm -hmm. see the money coming in, mm -hmm. they plateau. Um, and they end up, uh, when there's something like this, a, 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 you know, a world disaster, something happens, um, they, they don't survive because they don't know how to work from home. A lot of, they have no idea. Um, you know, you know, some of the, the, the older generation I've spoken to, they had no idea how to work from home. They're like, we don't even know what to use. We don't I know. know what to they do didn't Zoom. even know how to use Zoom. I know. Even the professors, look at all the professors. Like 
I mean, people were making fun of like the memes and stuff, but a lot of the professors needed training on how to even do a class from Zoom. That's so, yeah, that's a good point. So true. Yeah, uh, and that's like an educated audience, you know what I mean? I and they were having like, I mean, you know, the kids are savage, so they were posting like memes like, yeah, my professor's been on mute for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> sir. <laughs> My, uh, this is funny. So quick, quick little story. My, my nephew is, um, he's, he's actually seven now and, um, he's so smart. So he, he says he wants to be a YouTuber like his uncle Mike and I'm not a YouTuber, but he likes to say that's funny, funny. Uh, but, uh, he, they have these, you know, zoom meetings with, uh, yeah, with his teachers and, and, um, you know, his, his other, the other students, uh, in the class and the teacher was, or he, so his name's Alexander, and he said basically that he's like, yeah, my my teacher couldn't even find the record button, and I had yeah. to tell him where it was. Yeah, he didn't yeah. know where the record button was. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, it's just a lot of them have had struggle, even you know, adapting to that. So, um, but it, there is a tremendous opportunity for them to you know grow and stuff with the companies that. And the decision makers, even that really want to just stay ahead and um, in, in front of their audience, they really realize like, wow, I better work on my online presence. So I better, because if not, like, how are we going to reach our customers, clients, patients, whatever it is, if we don't, if we don't have a presence online or, you know, a story, because that's what people connect with. So true. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this has all been great, Shanae. And, and yeah. You know, I do have, I, I always end with this last question. So I know we talked a little bit in a pre-interview, but um, so for you, you have a very inspiring, interesting story. What would, how would you define Shanae's story in one word? What would be your one word? It would be perseverance. That's just yeah. mine. If, yeah. if you see some of my posts, like, yeah. like I think two weeks ago, I put my one word is perseverance. And some people yeah. put connection or struggle or I love it, you know? Yeah, it would be, it would definitely be perseverance because there's good days, there's bad days, there's days where you don't feel like doing anything, but you know you have to, and it's just about um, pushing and persevering through the, the struggles, the good times, the hard times, and um, yeah, just pushing forward. It is what it is. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, this, is, this has definitely been uh, Thank you an for honor. The so, it was great. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was interview. <laughs> good good i'm glad i'm glad you know and um this is this is so cool to be, just be able to connect like this and find each other on linkedin i think mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's great you know it's good to even just build the trust and the long-term relationship i think is so important Absolutely. especially today in in, the, in this crazy world there's just a lot going on so we need a lot of uh we need a lot of connections and and relationships and positivity and inspiration yeah. and, and um i think you know, great stories like the one you just told about, you know, told us about. So I think that's uh, so pretty much. amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, Sinead, where can everyone find you? Your website and obviously yeah. LinkedIn, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, LinkedIn. And then our website is www.medsnakemedia.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram too. So any of those places. Cool. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much again. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. Well, I appreciate it. it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, hey, it's, it's my honor. Hopefully we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do like round two, round three interview. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, again, this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Sales from the Pros. And until next time, thank you guys.
please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here, but uh, we really appreciate it guys. Thanks for all the support and I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously and we look forward to seeing you soon.